You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. To hold fast is to stick to, to adhere to. And it's imperative or absolutely necessary for children of God to adhere to a just lifestyle. Hebrews or Romans, I should say, 1 and 17 says in part, the just live by faith. We have to adhere to faith of God's revealed word. For Romans 10 and 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. I have to stick a whole fast to what God said. I have to hold fast to my confession of hope. A confession is a declaration of what you believe. And it's a declaration of what you believe in reference to what you have been taught. You receive the word and then you declare out of your mouth that you are what the word says you are. You declare out of your mouth that you're going to have what the word has decreed is yours. I confess that I'm healed because the Bible tells me with his stripes I was healed. I confess that my needs are going to be supplied because the Bible speaks to me in reference to my obedience in giving that God will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory. Even if they fire me, God's still going to do it. Even if they let me go because they don't like the way I look, God going to take up the slack. If you stick with God, even when your enemies are looking for you to fall, you won't 
collapse because God going to have your back. Or he got your back. Say to your neighbor, God got me. And we really have to take it further than just having our back. God got us. In every aspect, he has us. He takes care of his children. David understood it. That's the reason David, David said point blank. I've been young. Now I'm old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken. Noah's seed begging bread. David had that testimony even though at one time all of his soldiers turned their back on him. He had that testimony even though at one time his home was a cave. Because he knew even at his lowest point, God was still taking care of him. And some of us have that testimony. Even when we were going through a fiery trial, God still was showing up and showing out. I said God was still showing up and showing out. Even, even some of us right now, you're in what the world would call a bad place. You're in a place where, where don't nobody want to be, naturally speaking. But God is sustaining you in that bad place. Whew, if God can take care of Daniel in a lion's den, why can't he take care of you in your situation? If God could show up in a fiery furnace for three Hebrew boys, why can't he show up for you? You better tell somebody, God with me even though I'm in a tough place right now. Somebody in here saying it on credit, but somebody in here saying it because it's real talk. You're going through it right now, but God been sustaining you despite what you've been going through. God been supplying your needs despite what your haters desire to happen to you. That's the reason you ought to come to church letting folk know, okay, nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do me like faithful and that's the reason we have to again confess we have to confess and and confession is important when you declare what you believe when you declare what you have been taught when you say it you cause things to happen Proverbs 18 and 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And he who loves or uses the tongue shall eat the fruit thereof. That's the reason you you, you can't be pessimistic when it comes to your confession. You can't talk negative when it comes to your confession. No, you got to be optimistic. You got to look for the good in bad. 
you got to look for the blessing in the midst of a curse. You got to look like you're looking at Romans 8 and 28. You got to look at every situation as a, as a Roman 8 and 28 situation. What do you mean? You got to look at it saying all things going to work together. And you got to tailor it for yourself. All things going to work together because I love God and I am the call according to his purpose. I'm in the valley of the shadow of death, but it's still going to work out. There is a table before me. I'm in the presence of my enemies, but it's still going to work out. Out. I don't have the money and it's a bill. Matter of fact, it's three, four bills past due, but it's still going to work out. It don't look like it's going to be fixed and I don't expect it to be fixed if I have to fix it. But because God can do anything save fail, I know he's going to show up and show out. I'm going to have a testimony after this. Say to your neighbor, talk right. Even when it don't look like it's going to turn out the way you desire. You still have to talk right. You still have to have the right confession. And your confession should not be based upon your flesh. But based upon what is written and revealed as it pertains to God. Are you with me? He says, hold fast. To what? To your confession of hope. Hope. Desire plus expectation. Your hope. Your desiring. Something. And you're expecting God to show up and do it. It's not a job for your cousin. Not a job for your company. What you are desiring is going to take the hand of God to do it. You're depending on the one that can do anything, save, fail. And hope is important. Because according to Romans 8 and 24, hope causes salvation to manifest. Matter of fact, let's read that. Romans 8. Y'all stay with me now. Romans 8 and 24. For we are saved in this hope. What is this, what is this hope that we are saved in? The word of God. What God allowed others to write. And what God is revealing has the capacity to save us, to save, to deliver, 
protect and cause us to prosper. To save. To deliver. Help me. And to cause us to prosper. Again, Romans 8 and 24. We are saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see. Look how you wait for it. Eagerly. With what? Perseverance. In other words, you hold fast. You're hoping for something, but, but if you're going to keep holding on, you have to be eager and you have to be willing to fight or continue to move forward in trusting God to do what he said. Hope. You have to keep desiring. Don't, don't ever allow your flesh or yourself to cause you to stop desiring. Don't ever allow what you see to cause you to think God done change his mind. How I many know your eyes will play tricks on you? Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. You, you, can, you can be a quarter mile away and think you see something. And just know that, and just know, oh, Lord, there it is. Get up on it. It's the opposite. Uh, or something, you'd be like, I never thought I was looking at such and such. Why is that, preacher? Because what you see is temporary. Even what you think you see. You hear me? So we have to hold on to our confession of hope. But then he says, without wavering. See, some folk like to change in midstream. Some folk can have a hot declaration. Can be up saying, you know what, I'm just going to trust God and it's going to work out. I know it. I, I got on my shouting shoes. I, I, I got on my leap for joy clothes and I'm just going to hold on. But before the week is out, they change clothes. Change shoes. Bottom line, the leap has left. The declaration of hope has ceased because of pressure, other folk, demon spirit, or self. Something has caused a change. And, and, when, and, and when you go from trusting God to wondering and back to trusting God, to wondering. And then you add a third thing in. Maybe I need to look for an alternative. You call doing such wavering. Wavering equates being unstable. Let me show you the danger of that biblically speaking. 
Let's go to uh, James, the first chapter. James, the first chapter. Beginning at verse 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. If he's saying ask God for wisdom, that means that the wisdom you need is not earthly. It's divine. Now, when you ask God for wisdom, you have to keep in mind his, his thoughts are not as the thoughts of man. His ways are not as the ways of man. So God being wise, he may tell you something that don't sound right. Because he, he's distinct from, from folk. But notice what he says about God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be given to him. But then he says in verse 6, let him ask in faith. Let him ask according to his word. Let him ask trusting God. Because he goes on to say with, with no doubt. If you're going to ask him just what he tells you, believe it. Don't doubt it. Because God will tell you some stuff that will blow your mind. God will tell you he's going to do something in two days what your company can't do in two years. God will tell you he's going to do something that has never happened to you before. And sometimes God can drop something on you and, and you, you try to use your limited mind to figure out how. I done learned, don't, don't try to figure it out. Just, just say thank you, Jesus, and start shouting about it and start looking for it. Because he'll do what eyes have not seen. I thought y'all ready to preach with me. I said he'll do what eyes have not Ears have not Neither have entered into your heart. He'll do it in one day. One of my favorite Christmas movies is Scrooge. Yeah, I like to watch Scrooge, but the old Scrooge. Not these modern Scrooges. But one thing uh, Ebenezer says, he, he says, the spirit undid it all in one night. And turned things completely around in one night. I have seen God turn things completely around in one hour. One minute. One day. God will turn some things around for you. I mean completely around. You can be broke at 12 and, and, and you can have enough money for yourself and for other folk at 1230. Oh, some of y'all like really? Yeah, really. You can be wondering what you going to do at 230 by 4 o'clock. You'll be done took care of everything you need to take care of. See, it just ain't a saying when I tell you, can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like Jesus. 
But when he tell you something, you can't waver. You can't waver. You can't be indecisive. Because if, if you waver, you're going to miss God showing up and doing something at 2.30. Why? Because he ain't going to do it if you waver. You're going to miss him doing for you in one minute what your company can't do in two years if you waver. Why is that, Pastor? Look at the verse. Verse 6, but let him ask in faith with no doubt, and for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea. Driven and tossed by the wind. Don't let nobody drive you. Don't let no thing drive you. Don't be to the point to where pressure causing you to jump. Or you or your cousin who like to talk and you know he lies why in the world you let him what he say. Get to you like that. See, y'all, y'all laugh, but you'll be surprised. So, Sometimes folk will allow a liar to cause them to move. And, and what, what get me? Now, God done told you he's going to do it, but you're going to let this liar tell you different. And this was causing you to be indecisive. This is what's causing you to wave or waver. Quiet in here now. Because I'm right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You sound like you know, and you better believe I know. I, I don't have folk talk me out of my blessing. Have you? I, I don't had myself talk me out of my blessing. Them days over. Them days over. You you have to mature. You have to get to the point to where no no more. That ain't gonna happen no more. She talked me out the last time, but not this time. I talked myself out the last time, but not this time. Why? Because notice this. Verse 7 of James 1. For let not that man suppose that he will receive help me. From who? Why? He is a double-minded man unstable in all his ways. That's the reason back in Hebrews 10 and 23 he says hold fast the confession of your hope but he says without waver. Be unstable. If God does not allow certain things to happen, that means it's something better. Don't get mad when God does not allow certain things to happen. I done learned that lesson. It just means it's something better. I done told y'all the story about, about uh, how we were desiring this particular house and, and it didn't happen. But, but to this day, I am so thankful he didn't let it happen. I sent up some prayer for that, that house. I ain't going to tell you, don't lie. But I am so glad that it did not happen. I'm so glad that it did not happen. If it would have happened, I, I wouldn't be where I am right now. I love getting up even though I don't get on it looking at the lake. I do. Didn't have no lake at the, at the house I was praying about. 
Didn't have other things at the house I was praying about. Do you know God had my back? Walk, I know you want this, but I got something better. And some of us know when it comes to certain things that we have right now, we move too quick. Three months after you got it, you, you realize, oh, God, I could have got. Woo. Ten years after you got it, oh, I could have. Pastor told me to just be patient. I just had to go and look. It's... You see what I'm saying? That's the reason when you know it's God. You're in the right place. Because the worst place to be is out of the will of God. But the best place to be is in the will of God. Hold fast to your what? Confession of hope. Without wavering. And in my clothes. Notice the last thing he says. In Hebrews 10 and 23. For he who promised. Is faithful. Whoo. That he is God. I mean, no God is faithful. Hebrews 6 and 18. Says. In part. It is impossible. For God. To lie. And some, some of us have tried that. We, we've tried to see if God would lie. God, God won't lie. I'm telling you, if, if God can tell you something that just seems like ain't no way, but he'll do it. And, and, but, but this is the thing. Some of us, when God tells us he's going to do something, Often the reason we don't get it is because we mess it up. Because we be like, man, it, I don't, I just, that's just, how are you going to do that? And so we start messing it up. I tell folks, I said, just, just hold out. Keep doing what you have been told to do. And watch God manifest what he promised. I said, all you got to do is just do what he told you to do. I said, because you're going to be tempted to do otherwise, but just, just stick to what God told you to do, and you watch him manifest more than what you ask. Because he doesn't promise he's going to do exceeding abundantly above what you ask or think. But all you, you have to do is just hold on to your confession of hope. Don't waver. Just hold on. Say, I'm just going to trust God. I'm going to stay right here until God moves. See, that, that's what Daniel did in that den. He just, he just held on. The king came to check on him. And, hey, Daniel, you still there? He wanted to know if the lions had got him. But, but the lions couldn't get him. Why? He was holding on. He looked in the fire. The king looked in the fire to see if the boys had been burnt up. But when he looked, to his amazement, the three boys were dancing. And he's seen a fourth man. 
And then the spirit of God used him, used the crazy king to say, there's a fourth man in there that looks like the son of God. Hey, you had a, a polytheistic worshiper. A man that believed in multiple gods. Prophesied for God that there's a fourth man in there. And it's the son of God. He was saying to his own folks that God in the fire with them boys. The true God is in the fire with those boys. He was confessing in something that he taught his own people not to believe in. Let me break it down a little bit more because y'all looking at me crazy. See, Nebuchadnezzar believed that if it was a God, that it was only through an image. That's the reason when it came to gods, he made gods. And then he worshipped. He didn't believe in a spiritual God. He didn't believe in, in a God that, that would manifest himself. He believed that that his God had to be, or his gods had to be made. But when he saw that that God in the fire just manifested himself, he just popped in the fire. He was believing what he taught his own folk not to believe. And God made him prophesy. You know what, what happened then? That, that big golden image that they had made? Over. Why? Because the king himself just confessed that the son of God is in the fire. And he's so powerful that the fire can't even touch him. Nor will he allow it to touch his servants. You know what I'm saying? If you just hold on, God going to show up. All you got to do is hold on. Broke as can be, but just hold on and watch God show up. And don't be trying to figure out how he's going to show up. Just let him do it. Be like me just sitting there. You ain't got a dime to your name. Broke as broke can be. But then God and, and spoke to somebody, go take that money over there, knock on the door. And when he come to the door, just tell him to hold his hand out. And when he hold his hand out, you start releasing what I done told you to give him. <laughs> Woo, God ain't no respecter person. Lord, I'm going to need something to drive. I done got this new job. Go to the lot. Lord, I ain't got no down pay. Go to the lot. I didn't ask you what you, what, what, you got, what you got in your pocket. I didn't ask you. And I didn't tell you you needed anything. Well, Lord, you know how them folks, I don't care how them folks are. Didn't I tell you to go? Don't you realize by now that all power is in my hand? Even the heart of the king is in the palm of my hand. And like the rivers of living water, I can turn his heart any which way. 
Say to your neighbor, when God tell you to go, just go. When God tell you he going to bless you, start shouting, start rejoicing because it's going to happen. Why? Because he who promised is what? He told Israel, he said, look, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be with you always. He told Israel that then in the New Testament, he said the same exact thing to his children. Same exact thing to his children. In the very book that we're in, he said it. In Hebrews. See, see it, God is not the one with the problem when it comes to being faithful or sure. We are the problem. You go back to the Old Testament, God would be blessing Israel, and then Israel decide they're going to get on another path. And then when they get on another path, all the blessings turn into curses. And then they get so low, then they repent and, and come right back to God and say, God, we need your help again. And guess what he did? He helped. Why? Because he's faithful. God will move for you. And he'll do it in unusual ways. I, I, I laugh at folk, not in their faith, but I laugh at folk when they tell me there's no way it can be done. Because I'll be like, man, you, you, should, you, you should have said that to me 40 years ago. I probably would have been on the same page with you. But I said, but you got to be out your mind. You don't know who God is. God is the only one I know. That, that can turn things around for you. That just will blow your mind. And then folks ask you how did it happen. You can't say nothing but God. Because you can't write down. On paper. Exactly how it, it, it was done. Without telling a lie. Because sometimes God does some things. To well. Only thing you can say. God did it. He did it. I'm telling you, he's just that awesome. And the reason being, he promises things and he fulfills his promises because he is faithful. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20, go there with me. Lord of mercy, I'm closing. Did I tell y'all that? Okay. Second Corinthians 1 and 20. This is what Paul said to the church. All the, all the promises of God in him are yes. And in him, amen. Yes, a guarantee. Amen. Let it happen. Let it happen. And where God guarantees he's going to do it. And after he guarantees it, let it happen. But then he goes a little further. He says, to the glory of God. But then he says, through us. Because most of the promises that God made to the church, to Israel, 
was spoken through his, his servants. Moses said to Israel, who, who were just terrified. They, they, they were terrified because they, they had been in slavery so long. And, and what the Egyptians desired to do, they, they had done to them. And so all of a sudden, Moses shows up and tells them, say, look, God got a land ready for you. But when they got to the Red Sea, they were, they were looking and saying, how are we going to cross? And, oh, Lord, we got another problem, too. Not only how are we going to cross, but guess what? Them folk who told us we can go, they done changed their mind. Well, that's what the devil do. That's what enemies do. He said, now, we, we, look, at, look at that. We got them behind us, and we got the Red Sea in front of us. What we going to do, Moses? And so God made Israel a promise when they had their back against the wall. He said, Moses, what you got in your hand? Stick. Moses, I want you to tell the children of Israel that the Egyptians are their enemies that they see today they will not see no more he gave them a promise then he told Moses hold up that stick stretch it so he held up the rod And the sea parted just like this aisle right here. See how we can just walk right down that aisle right now? That's what happened to the Red Sea. The Red, the Red Sea just parted so it wasn't allowed for them to walk down. But that was a promise that Moses told Israel was going to happen. And you know you had some that said, ain't no way nobody going to hold up no stick. And, and nothing but water, we're going to see ground. And he didn't tell them just ground, he said dry ground. How in the world water on top of the ground, and it ain't going to be muddy. Even in our day and time, that couldn't happen unless they wait for the sun to hit the mud or put some heat on it. God didn't have, to, didn't have to bring in no equipment to heat up the mud. Why? He can do anything, say, faith. See, if God promised you something, if he have to do something that has never been done, or something that seems completely impossible, like what he did for Israel, he'll do it. Why? He's faithful. He's faithful. Walker, I'm going to bless you. You, you ain't going to have to worry about this, that, or the other. No more. Lord, you see how low I am? You ain't going to have to worry about it no more. Why would you do that, Lord? It's, not, it's bigger than you, Walker. Because I want my children to be the head, not the tail. To live above only and never beneath. You know what that is? A promise. That's not a Walker promise. 
That's not a white promise. That is a God-ordained promise for his children. The reason it does not happen to a whole lot of folks is because they waver or they don't believe that the one that promised is faithful. Say to your neighbor, God is faithful. All of the promises of God in him are and I got to show you just, just, just another thing. I, I got to show you something else. Lord, have mercy. Let's go to Psalm. Let's go to the book of Psalm real quick. I'm, I'm getting ready. To, I'm closing. It's the third time I done mentioned close. So y'all just, I think it's the third. It may be the fourth, but y'all hold on. Y'all hold on. Pray for me. Notice Psalm 111 and 7. That's the first thing I want to show you. Psalm 111 and 7. Ready? The works of his hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are what? What God allows to be taught. What he allows you to receive, his revelation, all of it is sure. Sure. See, he done made a promise. I, I, I ain't going to do nothing unless I reveal it to you, to my servants and prophets. As, as, so all of his precepts are sure. The problem is never in God. It's always in us. If God tells us something, he's going to do it. And, and I'm telling you, something God tells you to do because of your humanity, you're sometimes fearful to walk in it. Fearful to walk in it. I'm telling you something. When God told me, he said, you know what, Walker? He said, I'm going I'm to allow you to get to a point to where you're going to give what folks don't even make. You're going to be given what folks desire to make. When he told me that, I was like, me? Yeah, you. Do you know how, how much of a blessing it is when, when God tell you that, you believe it, and then it happened? And when it first started happening, I was just like, man, how long is it going to last? I'm serious. I was like, you know, because sometimes, you know, because the enemy going to keep working. To make you fearful. To kill your blessing. As long as you trust God. He's going to continue. To do what he said. Plus. Amen. All of his precepts are what? Alright let's go to Psalm 19. And 7. Psalm 19 and 7. Ready? The law of the Lord is converting the soul. This is what I want you to get, though. The testimony of the Lord is sure. But look what it does. Making wise. Now, this is a nice word for stupid. Making wise the simple. But he makes wise those who were simple or 
stupid. I don't have no problem telling you when it came to a whole lot of stuff, I was just stupid. I ain't going to lie to you. I, I, I just figured it just had to be a certain way because I was just stupid. And even when you get educated, you can still be stupid when it comes to the things of God. As smart as, as uh, Nicodemus was, Jesus really said to him in so many words, how can you be that stupid and be an elder? He did. Because Jesus told me, look, you must be born again. And Nicodemus said, how in the world can a man be born again and he's old? And Jesus said, you mean you, you an elder? <laughs> and you don't know that? You an elder? You don't know? Because he just expected him as an elder that, that he understood revelation. He understood the spirit of God. But he did. And, that, and that's when Nicodemus, he taught Nicodemus about what it takes to be born again and how the Spirit of God operates. But there are a whole lot of Nicodemuses. No scripture, but when it comes to how the Spirit of God operates, they are just point blank ignorant. You're like, they hear teaching like this, they'll be like, what are you talking about? How can that, how he going to go from this to that? Because they don't understand the spirit, the spirit of God. They don't understand the things of God. Paul said it another way. He said the things of God to certain men are just foolishness. It don't make no sense to them. But see, the testimony of God, according to this verse, Psalm 19 and 7, his testimony is sure. See, God will, will tell you what he's going to do, but then he will do it through other folk so you will know that what he said he was going to do is sure. See, my life is bigger than me. See, God made me into a testimony for folk, for folk to see that, look, if I can take somebody that was stupid like Walker and make him into what he, what he is now, I can do it for you. If I can take somebody like, like Anthony Crowder and get him off the street and cause him to prosper and cause him to move forward, I can do it for you. Backing up Psalm 19 and 7, the testimony of the Lord is what? Sure. Because I didn't get myself out of the predicament I was in. God got me out. You had Brian. He didn't bring himself out. God brought him out. How many understand? So that's the reason you need to continue to hope in a sure thing. And when it comes to the things of God, they are sure. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.